Hi, this is your host, Corbin. Welcome to your guide for Kevin Monroe's TMNT. Now, this is the fourth installment in the TMNT franchise, of theatrical at least. If you have not heard my reviews or your guide to the previous three films, go ahead and check those out. I have linked to those down below. And make sure to hit subscribe for my full review coming on Monday. Before we get into the making of the film, allow me to take you back to 2007 to remember the top movies released that year. Pixar's Ratatouille, No Country for Old Men, which would go on to win Best Picture, Zodiac, There Will Be Blood, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, Spider-Man 3, Pirates of the Caribbean 3, I Am Legend, Sweeney Todd, and Transformers, another children's property, but this time it got a live-action CGI hybrid produced and done by Michael Bay. We'll actually be talking about Michael Bay's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles coming very soon. So for me, I think 2007 was a great year for movies. I was here at the theater a lot. Some of these movies like Zodiac, There Will Be Blood, uh, No Country for Old Men, I would revisit a couple years later. I would be able to appreciate them more. But nevertheless, there is plenty of more great nostalgic memorable films. At least that's what I think from that year. So go over to Letterboxd and uh, check those out. And while you're over there, make sure to uh, follow me and Alan. Links to our profiles are below. From that year, we have reviewed The Bourne Ultimatum, Rob Zombie's Halloween, and Live Free or Die Hard. Links to those reviews are also in the show notes below. At the 79th Academy Awards, Best Picture went to The Departed. With the immense success of Pixar Studios hits such as Toy Story and A Bug's Life, the concept for a fully CGI Turtles film was conceived in 2000 with none other than John Woo directing. That still would have been a long seven-year hiatus for the Turtles since their confounding third installment in early 1993, they had been absent from the big screen. Many years later, Kevin Monroe, storyboard artist for the Hey Arnold TV series and concept artist for the Ant Bully, pitched an idea for a totally CGI Turtles film since he felt that would allow an easier sense of disbelief, according to an interview in USA Today. Now, in 2003, before Monroe came on board for a theatrical movie, the CW for Kids put on the second TMNT animated series, which ran until 2009. It enjoyed enough success for a feature-length movie that nearly made it to cinemas, which featured a similar concept to the now-popularized multiverse. Surprisingly, Monroe wanted to keep this film in continuity with the previous three theatrical live-action films while still having it be its own standalone story, not dependent upon seeing the original trilogy. The animation was done by, I'm not sure how to pronounce this, Imagi, Imagi, something of the kind. They also produced Astro Boy, which came out a few years later and pretty much spelled the death knell for the studio. As for voice acting, the headliners are Sarah Michelle Gellar, Chris Evans, and Sir Patrick Stewart. Mako also voices Master Splinter. Mako, many of you will probably know either from Avatar The Last Airbender. More likely for me anyways, it was Conan the Barbarian. He does a phenomenal voiceover in that film. Unfortunately, this would be his last role as he passed away before the film was released. The marketing department did go all out. A five-issue prequel comic was put out. McDonald's features the characters from this movie as toys with their Happy Meals. Of course, Playmate toys were all aboard, and even a novelization was released. Ubisoft Montreal also developed a video game tie-in released for all major consoles. There was also a Game Boy Advance version as well. 
It should also be noted a number of video games were released over the years since the theatrical movies as well across different platforms. Now this film had a surprisingly low $34 million budget. That is just not probably going to cut it for a theatrical animated film. Just for comparison's sake, Ratatouille, which was Pixar's headliner, one of the biggest films of the year, it had a budget of $150 million. And in its domestic opening grossed $47 million, far more than this Turtles movie even had to work with. So considering the budgets for the last film, this is a little bit above the rest, but this is low for CGI. It's just not going to look up to the standards of what audiences were used to, I would say, across the major studios. Now, Warner Brothers did also produce this movie, it should be noted. They just did that. They produced it. They didn't have really anything to do with the animation style or really anything of the kind. But nevertheless, it was number one at the box office opening weekend, something the entire franchise has been able to tout so far. This kept its, I guess, good luck streak of March releases. This was released Friday, March 23rd, 2007. And yes, for those of you keeping track, that was over 15 years ago, which uh, definitely makes me feel old, but moving on. So it did have not even the highest opening gross of the whole franchise, which is pretty disappointing. $24.2 million opening weekend. Just for reference, the first film grossed $25.3 million. This also was shown on 1,100, over 1,100 actually, more screens than the uh, first film, it should be noted. This had the widest theatrical release for any of the Turtles films. So what did it go up against opening weekend? Well, it actually dethroned 300, yeah, Zack Snyder's film, which was a movie I wanted to see in 2007, but definitely wasn't allowed to watch. That dropped from one to two. It had already been out for three weeks. Uh, Shooter, this is, this is honestly shocking to me right now. Paramount Pictures Shooter, Mark Wahlberg film, I think that is a really fun action movie to watch. That came in at number three, opening weekend, only $14.5 million. Definitely disappointing. Wild Hogs, which I think is a funny, you know, John Travolta, Robin Williams, William H. Macy, Martin Lawrence film. That was dethroned from two all the way down to four. And uh, check that one out. You might have some fun with it or you'll think it's utterly stupid. Now, this one's weird. The Last Mimsy. Anybody remember The Last Mimsy? Well, I do. New Line Cinema, very strange movie, put out in a ton of theaters. That one came in at number five opening weekend, and The Hills Have Eyes 2, number six opening weekend. If anybody's curious, Rain Over Me. I know that uh, my brother-in-law has been recommending that to me for a while. That, that debuted at number eight at the box office. Now, this is the first Turtle movies to drop this quickly, actually. It lost 61.9% of its last weekend's gross in its second week. It did gain 10 theaters, but it only grossed $9.2 million, dropping all the way down to number four at the box office. Blades of Glory came in and crushed everything, $33 million for its opening weekend. It's actually a DreamWorks movie. I just watched it recently. It's fairly funny. Meet the Robinsons. Now, this is probably going to blow a lot of people away. A Disney movie, Blades of Glory beat the Disney movie Meet the Robinsons by a pretty decent margin. Meet the Robinsons got $25.1 million. This is kind of weird. 300 jumped back up to actually jumped ahead of TMNT 
I guess people are saying, let's go see 300 again. That Turtles movie just isn't for us. So finally, around Easter weekend is when Turtles really fell from glory. All the way down to number nine in its third week. Very, very disappointing. So the top five that weekend, Are We Done Yet? Debuted to number three, Grindhouse to number four, and The Reaping. I don't even know what The Reaping is. That came in at number five. Also, I should note for those of you 90s kids that were around my age at this point, Firehouse Dog, you remember that one? Essentially a children's knockoff of Backdraft. That came out, uh, debuted at number 10 at the box office. It's opening weekend, 20th Century Fox really bit the bullet on that one. So already in its third week, it's only grossing $5.5 million. There's no point in rubbing salt in the wound further at this point. You can see in its fourth week, it dropped all the way down to number 15. Audiences pretty much got their fill opening weekend. Some came back for curiosity's sake in the second. And after that, it was just done for. So overall, domestically, it did gross $54.1 million dollars. Off a $34 million budget, that's a profit of $20 million. That is weak sauce for domestic audiences. That's very, very disappointing. Foreign markets, though, $41.6 million for a worldwide total of $95.8 million. Look, this movie got close to grossing $100 million off a $34 million budget, reviving a franchise that only had moderate success on TV. And by this point, it's 2007. It's 14 years later. People that saw, kids I should say, that saw the trilogy in the 90s were adults now. Maybe they were taking their kids to see this one. I don't know. But this is just very disappointing numbers. That's not to say that people that did go see it in theaters didn't like the film. According to CinemaScore, it does have an A-. minus. So people straight out of the theater did actually enjoy this movie, and I can attest to that. I'll talk about that in my full review coming next week. Critics, on the other hand, were once again more so split or just really didn't like it at all. A meta score of 41, just one point higher than the third film, actually lower than the second film. Rotten Tomatoes critics of 34%, which is still at this point third highest, I guess. Not much to brag about. That's still pretty bad. Now, audiences on Rotten Tomatoes, 60% approval rating. So over half of them did enjoy this film. Third highest once again. IMDb rating has redeemed itself. 6.2. That's a huge jump from the 4.7, and that's higher than Secret of the Ooze. So as of right now, according to IMDb, this is the second best Turtles film, according to audiences. A letterbox rating of 2.7, still better than the third one, but not as good as the second. So as you can see across the board, just a really big mixed bag. Critics did not care for it, but audiences still had fun with it, despite not really loving it. Thank you listeners for coming along with me as I've been your guide to the production and impact of this film. Now that you have your guide to TMNT, make sure to subscribe to the podcast for my full review coming next Monday. And tune in the week after as we go partly CGI with Megan Fox in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the 2014 live action reboot.
The Silver Screen Guide podcast is edited and produced by Alan and Corbin. Intro and outro music is created by Thomas Rankin. The thoughts and opinions herein expressed are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those held by Silver Screen Guide. Silver Screen Guide is not affiliated with any company or individual involved with the creation of this movie or TV show. No portion of the podcast may be used without express written permission from Silver Screen Guide.